This is Rick Stoner. On today's podcast, I interview Rishab Gupta, the Director of Operations of TDeFi, a crypto incubator and advisor for blockchain startups, currently incubating and advising DeFi, NFT, gaming, and crypto projects for over 45 companies. Rishab has been working with crypto startups since 2018. Rishab Gupta with me this evening, and he is the director of operations of TDeFi. And it, it's the best way I can describe right now is just the amount that I've read. And he'll, he's, he's going to help us understand and help me understand exactly what he is doing in the crypto sphere. So it's a crypto incubator is is i think the main main thing that we're going to talk about for a little while but Rashid, if you could tell us a little bit about where you're from and and what got you started into crypto thank you rick uh hi um, i'm rishab i'm from india uh and five years ago while i was doing my uh management of uh, business administration uh, from from one of the institutes in India, I came across and I was building algorithms for uh, the stock market uh, just to try my hands on data analysis, try my hands on Python. That's where someone said, you know, why don't you try on this uh, something called as Bitcoin? Uh, it was back in 2017. And that was the day, that was the time when I first came to know what is Bitcoin. But I mean, the first step was to uh, develop these algorithms. But sooner, I realized the potential of this technology, the potential of this, uh, the way it was changing the world, it was bringing financial independence, it was bringing uh, decentralization of power, of money. And that's what got me full-time into crypto uh, as an individual. And I started, I I took it up as a full-time role for myself. just writing down a quick note um okay so then this is actually developed into a huge thing for you you're not just crypto now like i'm reading here that you are advising for nft projects for crypto projects for gaming projects DeFi projects and you're doing that for over 40 companies right now yeah so this went from a uh, little thing to a really big thing I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story about it as well. And I think, uh, you know, this has been, this is the best part about uh, about this. So we, uh, I joined this uh, family office. You know, it was a three-people family office back then in 20, uh, 2018, uh, which was supported by a technology firm. And we were strategically investing in early-stage uh, crypto startups since 2016. Uh, so I joined this firm and we were, uh, you know, identifying investments, we were identifying and investing in startups. But then one day, one fine day on while during, uh, during the time COVID hit, uh, we were just traveling to, uh, to, to a place and I was sitting with the, uh, with the founder of that fund. We, we were just talking about it and we were seeing how a lot of startups after raising the capital were not able to sustain themselves you know they, it was simply a pump and dump um, uh, strategies that were getting implemented somehow Un- unknowingly it was happening that people were raising funds left right and center launching their tokens and then it was over the team was switching and was starting a new project a new startup and that became a practice and when we talked to the founders, it was not by their intent that it was happening. It was because they had no idea about how to take this up. Because crypto as a technology was so new by then, and uh, it was, the adoption was really not happening. We had just few hundred thousand users across the world that could even understand how to use wallets, how to use exchanges, how to trade crypto. And that's where we, we were discussing, you know, I, I, and, you know, his name is Gaurav. So I said, Gaurav, uh, do, do you think 
uh, incubator would be the way the solution for this. And immediately, uh, you know, being coming from a startup uh, ecosystem, immediately he said, you know, it's a good idea, and uh, we should not wait, and we should start researching about it. Within the very next moment, uh, we deployed a team to understand the integrities about it. We started talking to a lot of startups, and in the very few, in the very next week, we were ready with an incubator called STDFI. TDFI uh, essentially comes from the house of Red Dog, which is a, a crypto investment advisory company which develops research content and investment advisory content for retail investors. Has developed uh, thousands of research reports uh, over the last four years, and from there the word TDFI came because initially we started as DeFi as a DeFi incubator. Uh, TD stands for Trade Dog and DeFi stands for DeFi. So it's that's why the name TDFI. Uh, the idea was to help these companies in all aspects of business along with capital. So capital was just as easily available, but you know the resources were not. The right advisory to integrate, the right partnerships, the right people to work with, the right uh, approach to acquire consumers, it was not available. And that's where TDFI started its, found its, you know, found its uh, uh, strength. Moving forward, long story short, today we are working, we started with DeFi, but then we start, started from NFT, Metaverse, uh, blockchain infrastructures, bridge, uh, bridge networks, all of these bridging solutions, all of them came up, came together and said, you know, we would need your assistance. And from there, we expanded our portfolio from just DeFi to everything in crypto. Uh, from startups, we expanded our uh, uh, services or our offerings rather to multi-million dollar valuations of uh, uh, organizations that have been running for more than two years already in equity and now getting into crypto. Uh, so today, presently, we stand with a portfolio of around 45 companies. Um, yes, and that's how the journey has been. And, you know, in terms of uh, how we work with them, um, you know, also covering up that part, it's uh, more on the sites where we let them work on their product and we tell them that, you know, we have been an investor for more than uh, from so 2015, 2016 in crypto. So understanding token is what we have done for our bread and butter. <laughs> and hence, uh, as our passion as well. So our job is to help them with the token structures in short. Everything token. So, on, uh, I read this here. Um, so, I, I'm going to try and rephrase this question. How, now that I understand more of what, what it is that you're doing, so how is it, and can you explain that there sh needs to be more um, blockchain startup advisors to help people understand what is going on? Because people are, are trying to get in blockchain. They don't understand it. And then they get, you know, there's, there's more. I mean, you went over the pump and dump stuff, but people actually get wiped out when they go to the wrong advisor and somebody just takes their funds and rugs them. Right. And, and then they're, uh, then they're out. So this is where I think it is really important that there is advisors in blockchain startup. And that is what you do specifically you're helping people and now you're at 40 40 plus companies so i'm trying to express this to the listener that this is an important role inside of cryptocurrency right now that you're doing reshap because people are lost it's crypto is not a very easy thing to do but now that we've evolved a lot um, companies are also becoming mature and as you have a more circle of knowledge around you um, people will be seeking you out for your assistance now is that a, a thing that's happening or that's what you're encouraging um, you're gonna take on more companies or are you at the level of where you have to um, work with what you're building right now uh, that's a that's a very nice question and I think uh, you know I'll, I'll cover it into two parts I'll also mention I would like to mention you know why this role of advisors is so critical at least in the in this crypto industry uh, over the time over the period of time I've realized that we all know that the target market 
for any crypto startup or any or the cryptocurrencies is mostly the young population the ones from 21 22 to 40 years of age right and these are the people if i talk about the age of the founders the average of of the founders is around between 24 to 30 years of age and these are the people who have not spent a lot of time in in the in an, in, a, in an, any industry in uh, understanding the dynamics of an industry hence because they are the they are the people who understand technology the best hence they they come up with amazing ideas but because their lack of understanding of the dynamics of an industry they are not able to understand the scaling up problems they are not able to understand or rather identify the challenges that they are going to face uh, while they sail through uh their uh, startup in making it uh, from from a nothing to a unicorn or i mean unicorns and all these statuses are uh, let's say just uh, the stacks but from nothing to 100000 users using the product to million users using the product and that's where the real challenge comes in and hence advisors they have very critical role because advisors are looking at not one not two but a lot of plenty of startups that are are doing few things or the other and they know what exactly is working out for them and what is not working out for them what are the challenges that the startups have been facing uh, what are the challenges that they not uh, they have uh, been uh, they can avoid and that's what they bring on the table simple you know the experience of working and you know we often tell this to our startups this may be your first second third fourth startup but this is our 20th or 10th call this week itself we have we talk to we, we talk with companies day in and day out we try to understand what's happening with them and that's the experience we bring in on the table as advisors and i think that's what most blockchain advisors do as well however to rightly mention that there are some cases where you know you you land up with the wrong person but that's again uh, something that you have to make sure that when you go uh, to an advisor when you ask for help make sure that you're going to a person who has a necessary not skill set but virtue ethics uh, at least at the least because skills can they can acquire if they don't have it by by any chance but virtues and ethics is the most important element that you should look at based on the startups that they've worked with talk to the companies that they've worked with see their uh, brand presence see how they are present across the world see how investors how people perceive them uh in their industry in their domain and i think that's how you would know that you are land, you're landing up with the with the right person uh coming on to the second question part of the question which was how it has evolved you're right uh, initially it evolved initially it was more about compliance right uh the first and the foremost thing we do with our startup initially was to make them compliant to make them give them the right set of uh, licenses they should acquire to run their business so that they should not land in any kind of trouble later on then as the industry evolved you know more information became uh, started becoming available and uh, then we started getting into uh, obviously and we had to evolve as well with the knowledge we have to update ourselves with the best of the knowledge token economics and token engineering that's what primarily any company needs today the most they need not the not someone to design the economics what they need is the engineering of the token meaning in simple words you are tokenizing your business which means you are making uh, transactions oriented business which will start accruing value for the token now that is what a token business should do but essentially if you look at a lot of businesses a lot of startups they lack this they lack this essential part where they know know how the dynamics of token economics work how should you uh, make sure that the supply of the token should not be uh, imbalanced which would create a lot of pressure on your uh, on your uh, on your token price in the markets when it is when it's listed then it comes then it comes to the strategies the partnerships you know we, every day we see hundreds of partnerships being announced by project but are all of them worth it 
I, I don't <laughs> think so. And we have, mean, we have seen that. Well, we know the. I know the play. It's like <laughs> it's like five or six people who have like ten companies each, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and if there is no fitment, if there is no uh, right fitment, it doesn't it doesn't result in anything. And that's where we come in. That you don't have to put your energy in signing MOUs and LOIs for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You have to uh, make sure that you are signing the right uh, MOU. You are signing the right partnership contract and with the right deliverables in place. This is what, and as an advisor, we we do. Then comes the third important element, which is the markets. We, when we uh, started this incubator, we were, uh, you know, before that we were, uh, uh, we were quite connected in the, we were quite running our hedge fund of our own, managing our own fund and uh, money. And hence we were quite familiar with how the markets, the dynamic of the markets work. So while we started working with this, uh, evolving with this incubator, we realized that even after making everything perfect, pitch perfect, the team, the partnerships, the launch strategies, there were one set of people who had the potential to kill the project even after coming at the last moment. And that was uh, liquidity providers and market makers. People who are, let's say, uh, doing, uh, you know, uh, managing the token markets. And that's where we started coming in. We st and all of these founders you see today, these are not coming from financial markets. They don't understand the dynamic of the markets, most of them rather. And hence, they need a lot of help on understanding how do these financial or these token markets work. When the token is listed on the exchanges, what are the things they should take care of? What are the things they should uh, focus on? You know, what are the things they should avoid and how they should manage the liquidity in order to give good returns to the investor, to the traders, and then bringing that volume organically uh, from the community on their token. That's how we engage. And the fourth important element, which I think you would also agree, you know, com coming from the same industry, is exposure. When I talk to these startups, and I'm talking about, you know, I've, I've been part of more than 200 product life cycles, not some of them directly through the incubation, some of them indirectly by just being a part of their conversation, by talking to them every now and then and understanding what's happening. I've come across one uh, common mindset, and which is, People don't want to spend money on exposure. People don't want to spend money on brand presence because they think crypto means anonymity and crypto means that yes, you can sit in that side of the room and work on your product. But you know what we tell to them is if you are building a technology infrastructure, which is a B2B infrastructure, you can still afford to do that. Not suggested, but still afford to do that. If you are a B2C business, then you got to be out in that open uh, sphere, show your face, the brand to the public and show them that what you are working on. Tell them how, uh, how what efforts you're putting on to build that. Tell them the roadmap, show them the uh, dynamics of it. And hence, we have been hosting events every now and then. We make sure that apart there are so many events happening in crypto. I'm sure you know about that. You know, every second weekend, every weekend there is an event happening. But not all of them are worth it. And hence, it is. It becomes very important to make sure your brand presence should not be diluted. So we uh, make sure that we participate and we uh, partner up with people uh, and event organizers who have some uh, who have built a good brand of the event previously. For example, you know, Future Blockchain Summit the 25-year-old event happening in Dubai, Jitex. Um, so we, we participated there. And what we do is we make sure that we bring all our startups. We don't. We make sure that they don't have to pay anything. And we take care of all their stuff, but they should come on the stage and talk about their product and their token uh, to the public, making sure that they're not anonymous. They are here in front of the public and uh, making sure that there is trust uh, being developed between the community and the project. So that's how we evolved as an incubator, started with a few things and then evolved and evolved, updated ourselves with a lot of knowledge, updated ourselves with more experience and delivered, uh, started delivering that to the uh, startups. 
Okay, so let's um let's talk about um the early stages of projects. I know you 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 went around a little bit of it there, but really specifically, um, how projects can succeed when they start um, in the early stages. And I see that it's mentioned here as such as investing in universities. I really would like to know more about that. And and if there is crypto um, actually involvement in universities and that happening, and I could see where this would be a good investment opportunity for people looking at um, things that are outside the realm of the normal as you said uh, there's a minting project or there's a project that comes out every week that doesn't have enough surface it doesn't have enough knowledge from people and it just comes and goes and it's gone and that's not really helping the ecosystem like we're increasing the amount of uh, time somebody spends speculating and and investing in something as well as um, continually investing in it it creates more of the ecosystem that's what kind of what your end goal is like for the companies that you represent you want to make sure that the um, investors remain as investors yeah um Again, you have a bunch of very interesting questions, uh, a little outside the box. So, in terms of uh, the early stage and you know outside the realm of a normal, uh, let's say uh, the startup uh, startup evolution. Uh, last year in 2021, while we were uh, identifying good startups, you're working with some. Uh, startups that actually became unicorns in a matter of the six months in terms of their valuation, token valuation. Uh, we also identified that there are a lot of ideas and there are a lot, there is a lot of potential uh, in the university students because they started taking a lot of interest. They started taking a lot of uh, um, keen interest on how to build a blockchain startup, how to implement tokenization. But because they were so early in their journey, they had no exposure to the right mentorship. They had no exposure to the right people who could help them. And when a lot of college students started approaching me personally or my firm, we realized that this is not just a problem limited to one part of the world. This is a this is a global issue, and it should be it should be solved. So we came up with the concept of Biston, uh, uh, which is a business hackathon. We, when we asked them, you know, why don't you participate in hackathons and then go uh, go about building a product? So the response was that, Risha, we participated in a hackathon, we submitted our code, and now that's over. I mean, we were we already had developed that code. So we, we were not there to win the competition. We were there to make that code into a business. And that's why we participated there. So I said, okay, so the problem is not that there are not enough hackathons. The problem is there is no right happening and that's where we came up with this concept of Bistan, where the underlying ideology is you walk in as an idea and you walk out as a business meaning in simple terms in a matter of few months when you submit your when you submit your idea you start working on your mvp you submit your mvp and if you're successfully uh, if you're successfully uh, passed that stage then we will deploy all our resources, all our mentors with you so that you can further develop that MVP into a business. Our team of analysts, our team of mentors will work with you. And then we will help you in landing uh, in, in and pitching your project to a network of in- investors, ecosystem, uh, KOLs, and people who are, uh, who are good advisors and mentors who have been adding value. And then they can, you know, start investing in you. And you know what? The best, uh, the most uh, advantage that anyone could took out of this situation and this whole event was the university students. That's where we started doing, engaging more. We started reaching out to more universities to start engaging with them and to start helping them in uh, structuring events so that they can part, not events as in the Biston, so that they can participate in that and get get advantage out of it. Just a few days ago, I I was uh, speaking at uh, one of the Indian one of the IITs of India. Uh, these are the most premium institutions of, of our country, and I was talking to a, a team. They were working on a fantastic product, a physical product implementing blockchain technology to decentralize the data. He was a third-year university student, like you can imagine, a twenty-year-old, 
but came up with an amazing idea and he said you know i have this idea from last one year i don't know where to do what to do about it so we helped them i just gave him some suggestions gave advices and that's where now uh, last i talked he was already building a uh, the business model out of it and he said you know he's ready to pitch and that's how we start in, in investing in the university students uh, through this hackathon competition it's a great it is a great idea actually because the amount of society moving to digital everything is happening so quickly yeah and, um here is um I think you've actually explained this already with the benefits of having an ecosystem of companies from the incubation side and partnership side. That's that, that I understand that that's like collateralizing. So it means more people know more people in a trusted network. So with that said, then this is creating an easier um, amount of projects to be seen by people and then have trust in them. So would you describe yourself as, as, as a bit of a launch pad or are you creating a launch pad in the future where people are going to be able to go and see these verified companies and projects that are running um, to help assist them in making decisions? Uh we we were uh, you know initially when we were uh, doing this a lot of people suggested you know this is the exact uh, model for a good launch pad that you should build but then we had to take a decision and you know we decided that we would not go the launch pad way rather we'll go a different route we'll say okay you know tdfi is uh, an incubator for businesses that have a working product and that the team is uh, dedicated and committed to build that product and the token. So essentially, it's a sign of uh, credibility. CD5 becomes the sign and tag for credibility. And then instead of building our own, we started partnering up with Launchpad so that we give them the dry deal flow and the, and the, and the community knows that this, since this is coming from a TD5 house, hence they are credible and hence we should uh, put our uh, money or energy or time in that as well. So one of those launch paths is TDX, which comes from another, it's it's a partner company coming from uh, the same house, the Trade Dog house, which is a launch pad without a token sticking. It's a simple uh, launch pad model where you put, uh, you know, you buy the uh, tokens at the public sale. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a different uh, story. But this is how we started doing. Other, other than TDX, we started partnering with other launchpads as well, who are now uh, acquiring and sourcing deals uh, from us to get the right startups for their community. Okay. So uh, I mean, to answer your question a little more precisely, uh, we don't see a launchpad uh, launching our own launchpad in the future as well. We see ourselves growing as an incubator itself but getting the right companies in the ecosystem uh, as partners who can uh, do the job for us of launching the companies as well. Okay, yes, I see. It's as easy as going to tde.fi and you can see right there, are you one of them apply for incubation or advisory? It's just a click away. Yeah, it's just a click away, literally. Okay, and then... I see one of the companies that you've advised for is called Vulcan Forged, a premium yeah. block game, blockchain game studio. Could you tell me a little bit about that? So uh, Vulcan Forged uh, was, and actually that, so, uh, you know, give me uh, the opportunity to talk about the cycle of a lot of time I get this question do you have a cycle or a six month cycle or a, or a one year cycle how is it structured? it's a two year cycle actually but I know that's just from some of my listeners they talk about this two year life cycle I had to throw that in. <laughs> yeah so but for, for us it's a it's a lifetime of cycle lifetime cycle it's a lifetime of advisory uh, we you know coming from uh, coming from a phase of working with startups since 2008 essentially back in india and then working with startups in crypto in 2015 we realized that 
uh, it takes time to build a business and the most important and most essential element of any business is the ethics of that business and hence saying that we are an advisor for you for 3 months 6 months 1 year does not at all make sense the the only way to build a credible business is you have to uh, join the hands have to shake hands with the entrepreneur for a long time for a lifetime rather and hence coming to vulcan foods it's a it's it's a gaming studio with uh, a lot of uh, they have built tens of hundreds of games based on greek mythology and the best part about vulcan foods is it shows the right elements together right what a startup should have they launched in april 2021 and attained the status of a unicorn in november 2021 today just two months ago they launched their own blockchain called elysium which is a carbon negative chain creating a negative uh, creating a positive impact on the climate as well and uh, giving the right necessary tools for any metaverse or a gaming project to launch themselves on on this all at all this chain uh, they are working with a lot of top brands the names cannot be disclosed but uh, they are working with a lot of top brands uh, that are building their metaverses on on the top of their chain um the recently just uh, two months ago they hosted a event called as vulcon in greece where they invited all their uh, ecosystem partners people who have been working with the in the vulcan foods ecosystem and jimmy who is the founder of uh, vulcan foods is then is an entrepreneur to be you know who everyone should aspire to be he's the guy who has uh, built a business expanded a business scaled it up vertically horizontally both expanded a team and is fully committed to the to its community if you go on its channel on a telegram on their telegram channel you won't see 80 100000 people like like any other telegram channel where the community for the, on the name of community you'll see a lot of people asking for just one thing when token when token when token <laughs> right and but on 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 the contrary if you look at if you go to that it's a balkan telegram channel for less pyr you will see around 10000 or some members and it's been more than 2 years he has been in operation but every every member is engaged every member talks about the game they play the game they talk about the game they give the feedback they uh, take the feedback they they are all in i remember a time when uh, the project got the wallet got hacked on one of the exchanges i was looking at the comments on chan on the twitter channel the all the comments were like don't worry jamie we are with you we uh, just uh, you know just relax just calm yourself and we are with you we're not going anywhere you don't see such comments you don't see such love from any other project that i i might i mean i have seen come across that's the kind of uh, project vulcan has built for itself and even today we you know when they are launching the chain when they are onboarding chain we are still working with them we are trying to help them in getting the right projects on board on their chain we're trying to do uh, the structure their uh, uh, token economics to help them in giving them right incentives and right rewards for the token that's how uh, we engage um, uh, with vulcan and with any of these projects that we work with and when you when you mention vulcan i think i should also mention another project which you would Uh, should look at and it also caters to the university uh, question called as edwards education essentially is uh, is one of those aspects that has been let's say obviously not underrated but still uh, not accessible in the best possible way there has been a structure that has been always associated with education edwards is a project that has revolutionized revolutionized the way we take education so they have built this metaverse where you can go for higher education for your uh, school education and you can just be uh, present there in in a, in a in a obviously in a metaverse uh, um, form, in a photorealistic format where you if you for example if you look at a engine you were you're able to uh, separate out all the parts 
and see, okay, this part stands for this. This is the role of uh, this part. And then you uh, take up those in a playable manner and then join them and make an engine again. I'm just giving an example how uh, effective and how um, creatively they have built this uh, education metaverse for students. They've already launched their alpha. And I think uh, if people would like to explore, take some courses, they can go and uh, take up these courses. They are being uh, accredited and they have been uh, verified by the top publishers of, of the world. And what what is the domain name or how do we look at that one? It's called Edwards. Uh, let me, uh, Edwards, it's there in the portfolio list as well. It's called edwards.com. E-D-V-E-R-S-E. Okay, I actually have another question about this, um, about the Vulcan Forge. So it looks like there's like, there's five different games there right now. And they're all play, are they all play to earns? Uh, that's, 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 uh, I'll, uh, okay, uh, I'll take a minute to explain this, right? When I asked the same question to uh, him, so he said, okay, you know what, I'll give a presentation. And he was actually at an event, Jamie was at an event, and he spent 40 minutes in explaining that play to earn is not a sustainable economy. Mm-hmm, I agree. It is not going to sustain, and it took him forty minutes. Just and it was he was actually supposed to present Vulcan Foods, but then uh, at that event he said, "Okay, I'll not, I'll not talk about Vulcan Foods. I'll talk about Plato. How wrongly people have started taking it, and hence I wouldn't say play to earn it, but you were you can definitely earn rewards uh, if you are going to engage with the game. If you're going to uh, you know use uh, NFT." assets you buy nft assets and then you engage with the game uh you would definitely earn rewards but it's if you're just going for free free to play to one no it's not free to play to one it's uh it's you engage and you earn you buy nft assets you spend money and then you earn if you have the the right gaming um, um you know the right gaming the cult in you I'm sure uh, anyone can definitely earn uh, from their investment. Some, it's a, it's a good uh, and a, quite an engaging. Yeah, I've looked, I've looked over it a little bit here, and it looks like it's, it's different. It's not like the play to earn. It's, it's more like you, you play to create. It's different. Um, I, I have to, I'd have to go over it a lot more. It just, it really sparked my interest when I thought it was just one project, but no, it's multiple different, um, m- like they're probably mini games or micro games. And a lot of my listeners, they actually are very into all of these little games and the crypto myself. I don't have a lot of time to go and check out every single one of these games, but they're some of them intrigue me so much. that I got to go have a look, see what this is and then see what stage of development it's at. Um, and I think that's important what you were talking about when you were saying uh, universities that some of the universities are probably going to start coming out with some of the better stuff because the collaboration is better than just the, your broadness of collaboration over the internet where people are having, they have trust issues, so they're not getting projects done. But that's where I feel actually you kind of come in where you, your, um, what you do can help more collaboration and projects that are trying to start up on the internet um, become more focused if they contacted you and went through the TD5 service. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, thank you for your uh, words. Uh, that's ex- essentially what we aim to do as well. We have been trying to, uh, we have been working, not rather trying, we have been working with these uh, I, people who have the right ideas, idea and the right vision and to help them in structuring and making the right collaborations so that they can make a business out of their idea. And uh, that, for university, yes, the hackathon has helped us a lot. That's why we are doing it this year. It's under uh, underway, the Bizcon 2.0. Uh, the website is B-I-Z-T-H-O-N.com, Bistone.com, simple. 
and you look at uh, you know you would look at the tracks on which you can build your idea so if any of you have an idea you can just go and submit an idea and you know you will get the right mentorship and right resources to uh, develop that into a business Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially in this competitive industry, um, like one thing I want to talk about, especially openly on this matter, is the is trust. Uh, the people are scared to tell their developed idea to anyone. Now you are an entity that they should be able to trust to do this with to get their startup done. Like if people are really serious about trying to do something crypto and don't know what, and they're just keep getting brick walled everywhere, they should probably contact you. Am I, that, is that the right impression here so that they can lay out an idea? They, do, you, do you actually coach people at all for helping them lay out their idea? Because people must come to you with scrambled ideas sometimes and you're just like, whoa, slow down, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a, that, you know, I, I love this topic, by the way. This is my favorite uh, part of the discussion always. I, after working with so many startups, I've realized one thing, you know, a startup which started with some idea is never the same six months on the line, right? They started with that, they, were, they came with this, this uh, uh, scrambled approach and scrambled bits and pieces. And then they came to us and they say, you know, we started working with this. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, this is how they say, oh, you're right. You're right. You know, this is this won't work. I think you should do go on this path. And hence it evolves into completely or rather, let's say, a partially a different business altogether. And the startups love that part. The brainstorming calls that we have, you know, they go on for more up to three hours in the beginning itself. Three hours each call. And we talk about the pros and cons, the competitive, um, um, the competitors understanding, you know, how, how different can we do this? And that is the best part any startup loves. So when you, when you talk to our founders, our incubated founders, you would, uh, you would hear, listen from them that, you know, the brainstorming calls are the best that we do with TDPI. They come with so many of different ideas and then they help us in structuring our idea as a whole, uh, which is now ready for a, for a business. Coming to the first question about trust, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I've, I've also come across this um, inhibition from the founders that whether we are afraid of sharing our ideas, which we which is right. Uh, you know, you should be cautious about who you talk about. But I have also a little slightly different approach, which I would like to openly talk about today as well. Uh, and I actually wrote an article as well, you know, just a few days ago on my LinkedIn about moot about the competitive advantage about talking about your idea to uh, to your co-founders to your potential co-founders or advisors uh, in crypto we have seen that just a one so-called dex was launched called as guineaswap launched that you know three years ago immediately after that there were replicas of it happening on different chains replicas and all of them, like some of them, were able to emerge out as businesses. I say, I, I, when I talk to the founders, I tell them two things. Right? You should be cautious, but you don't have to be overly cautious about talking an idea. First of all, you have to find the right people to talk about an idea, not because they can copy it, but because they might give you the wrong advice if they're not right. And then that can help lead to, lead to a little difficulties for you. So find the right people. Uh, and for that, credibility is the most important thing. And, you know, um, I mean, uh, big organizations like us, uh, and uh, there are more advisors, uh, there are more people who are working in this industry and who are contributing. You can find them, you can see their past history, their past track record and uh, engage with them. But on the other part, even if you're talking about an idea, you don't have to worry about it. But two things, the person who is copying your idea can never have have the passion you have because you came up with a thought because you found a problem and you then gave a solution so the passion you have for it it won't be found anywhere else i know this sounds a little philosophical but i have when after talking to the founders they have actually agreed to this uh, to a lot of extent and then secondly perseverance is the most underrated competitive advantage that we look at you know, we look at people copying the ideas, but can they have the same perseverance? No, they might not. You, if you are, if you have the right approach and the right perseverance, you would still make it. You would still be able to 
make your way through uh, and don't have to worry about you know that x y z would have will will copy my idea so i'll keep it on my on on just a notebook and would never work on it you start working on it find the right people and don't worry a lot about uh, people copying it because even if you launch it people will copy it it's 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 how this industry has evolved and the the cake is too big that everyone can have definitely have their pie so not to worry about you know uh, acquiring the whole market exactly we're in a big huge idea verse right now and it's like and it's a sellable verse when it's what is what is going to be make in in a hype cycle it's it it is quite incredible actually um i think it's the first time in our whole entire society we've had this big huge open sandbox of developers and ideas merging together before you never really had that you didn't have your regular coder coming up with ideas there was always an idea process so this is a really good way of merging things together into making the space become more productive at least with the creation of things now that that pro the project that you you advised for Vulcan Forge is there any other really big projects that you wanted to mention yeah as i said uh, you know i think uh, every project every project that uh, we have worked with we make sure three things in that essential elements mvp they should have a team a solid team a complementary team you know that someone who complements each other second and mvp so we make sure that they are not coming up with just a white paper they're coming up with some something on screen an mvp a working product it can change it can evolve that's a you know that's a different story but there has to be something which shows that they are dedicated to what they are working on it's not like they got up a morning and say oh you know we what we have an idea let's pick another bitcoin and they came to us and say okay you know they want to incubate us that's not how it works <laughs> Uh, we make sure that there is an MVP there, and the third important element is uh, that we make sure that the token structures are uh, the token is engineered in a way that it incentivizes the participants of the entire ecosystem, be it the validators, be it the players of the game, be it the creators, be it the founders, and be it the community as a whole. Um, so we make sure that the token engineering is done in the right way. Based on these three elements is how we incubate a company. It's a long process. Of more than two hundred companies in uh, over in a month applies for this incubation, and we make sure that you know we have a selection ratio of around seventy-eight percent only. So over a uh, period of uh, over a quarter, we we end up incubating just ten or fifteen companies um, between ten to fifteen companies, and that too in the you know in the days when we are. Uh, a little more available, but uh, when we're doing the events. But other than that, around five to eight companies is what we incubate over a quarter. We make sure we pick up the best. So what um, that brings me that you know all the startups that you see on the website are definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, some of these startups that I can I would like to mention here on the call today is uh, Metamazonia. Uh, not be not because they are. Uh, definitely they are the they are doing what they they are doing uh, something which is incredible they are creating a climate impact how they have removed tens of thousands of uh, hectares of land in amazonian forest they have built a digital twin of that forest in a metaverse they have taken they have a they have a certificate of offsetting millions of tons of co2 every year through the impact that they are creating through these forests right they are bring the tribes of those areas uh, business to them by uh, getting them employment getting them work and they are offering to the community a way to participate in this growth by creating by by uh, participating in that you know buying the nfts for that land by the or uh, helping the uh, the tribals uh with their non timber products with their uh occupy the business that they can operate uh, in that in that land and through that they have been able to offset already a few millions of uh, millions of tons of co2 and now they are on their path to offset more uh through collaborations with some of the largest energy firms in the world some of and the metaverse they have built is is outstanding is a completely photorealistic metaverse where it can 
we actually feel that you are in the middle of the Amazonian forest. You can see the wildlife. You can see uh, the uh, the natives. You can see the people of the native to that place working uh, in that in that area. Other uh, project which I've already talked about is uh, Edwards creating an education impact, making it easily accessible for everyone, irrespective of you know uh, whether you, you don't have to go necessarily uh, for a formal structure. You can just go to this Edwards and feel like that you are in a classroom of students. You are learning, you are, you, you are being taught by the best of the teachers. And being uh, on blockchain, obviously it's decentralized. You can be the creator as well. If you have good ideas to create content, go and create content, share it with your community. And that's how you can uh, emerge out as a good creator. So it, that's how they're decentralizing the whole education economy and not putting it just on few content creators. CRs, uh, I think the third one which I should mention here is the uh, transparency of funding. You know, you see a lot of investors putting their funds left, right and center on projects, signing SAFs. And after what happened after that? They keep on calling them up, you know, hey guys, what's the update? What's the update? They say, yeah, we are working on it. We are working on it. And the token goes down and down and down. And investor is never going to get, uh, never able to get a good return. And hence they make, they say, you know, we are doing investments, just that two of them will work and they will cover the 98 of it. But that's not this how its industry was meant to be. The whole idea behind decentralized economy was uh, that there should not be single point of failure. And if that's the idea, that's the concept, then how can a project be a single point of failure of a, of a, of a industry? And hence, in the transparency uh, plays a very pivotal role. So this is one project called a CR Square. What they do is they bring uh, transparency in this. So they they brought milestone-based funding as a concept, uh, where the funds are released only when certain milestones are achieved. And when those milestones are achieved, the founder and the investor both have a, a understanding and and a trust that yes, their money is being deployed in the right fashion, in the right way. And hence, this uh, plays an important uh, important role in creating milestone-based economy. These, this is about the financial, or let's say, uh, funding transparency uh, that brings in. And then some palm swap, uh, equate network again, uh, which is, uh, there are so many of them, you know, Rick, I can talk about each of them for almost five minutes each, but I, I, I'd rather like to ask you uh, whether it's, uh, whether I should talk about all of them or do you want me to specifically focus on some industry? Actually, I've got, like, you gave me the, I've got a brand new phrase out of all of that. And I got a question with all of this. So where do you, what do you see the future of the most focused area in crypto? Is it going to be the earth hugger verse? Now, to be specific, because this is what I coined, earth hugger verse. And that means, um utility from the crypto universe that tries to help our planet in anything be it carbon reduction pollution reduction um um uh mine mine disposal those terrible things um or just anything like that or is it going to be the metaverse people playing games or is it going to be nfts or is it going to be bitcoin and the crypto uh tributaries toppling the current financial system and evolving our planet into a digital matrix of finance with just cryptocurrencies i know that was a pretty wild question well it's a pretty wide question but uh i would say um the future uh, the future of you know the whole ecosystem definitely Tends and inclines towards the digital presence, uh, becoming a whole, uh, the whole world becoming immersing, get, getting an immersive experience of the digital presence. But uh, cryptocurrencies as the only currency for, uh, you know, for for this whole immersive experience, I think that would only happen if we get the governments and the regulators involved with us which uh, for the you know they have already built an alternative 
for not using the cryptocurrencies and not creating a utility of uh, utility tokens and rather going for cbdc's but i think yes uh, to some part of to some extent i would agree that the future looks for me looks like an immersive experience of um, of a, you know a digital universe of finance where people and everyone is immersed in uh, in being a part of one or the other metaverses for some part of the day finish doing some activities there uh, that's how i i look at it and with cryptocurrencies i definitely look at financial independence coming in in the next one decade uh, 10 years 12 years uh, financial literacy and financial independence coming in we have already seen things happening in uh, the african subcontinent we have already seen how uh then by the way you know i'm sure uh, everyone would know but nigeria is one of the largest uh, holders of cryptocurrencies of uh, in uh, uh, you know um, uh, in terms of comparing comparing it to the national average uh and i think that's because the necessity is the mother of all invention uh, so they had a necessity of becoming financial literate getting financial independence and cryptocurrency was definitely a way out for them where they started uh, yeah, making themselves independent and using it so i do see how i, I do see like this a digital universe of finance may people becoming financially independent financially literate but a lot of a significant part of the day being spent in the digital experience and the digital immersion uh, in the metaverse okay if you like that question this one's going to be even more interesting um now could you give me an idea of your thoughts on what the future role of robotics and the current space exploration race that's going on right now and if crypto is going to play a role in these two things oh uh, well quite an interesting question uh, i'll i'll still take a uh, try at it um i think a little early in that phase for us uh you know uh, to to say um obviously i mean personally i would never want robotics or uh, robotics to you know be a very significant part of the day but it it is tried it has already emerged out i mean it loses out all it loses the the personal touch and and the and the personality development that happens by when you meet people when you do the own when you do your own work the way you evolve and you let the robots do most part of the work that makes you nothing but lazy <laughs> so for personally i would uh, the robotics development um, i i is is exploding really fast uh, the space exploration thanks to elon musk is exploding really fast the private companies are taking over now uh you know and working with the uh national uh, science um national agencies national agencies that are working in this field crypto playing a part there uh, i i mean I, i don't see a i don't see a direct uh, relationship per se but i do see one thing where i see the blockchain technology playing a part uh, where you make it a little decentralized by uh, calling out more creators because obviously you know when you are building an economy which is more decentralized you are opening the world and opening the doors for every creator to get a chance to talk about their ideas and and learn about and you know earn from those ideas as well so when once when when you go through this path uh, through this path you essentially open the doors of opportunities for uh different uh, people to start contributing uh to uh, with how they see this happening and i think that would open up more ideas um so that's that is one way where blockchain technology uh, plays a uh, plays a significant role uh in in creating and uh, let's say exponentially accelerating uh the space exploration or the robotics development Yes, because I could see that startups in the future, if they go into any kind of tokenization or anything in crypto, that they might be at your doorstep, um, because that's a service that you provide to help them 
um, give a public offering out to people because I think crypto is another thing that does that, right? It allows us to outreach over the whole entire planet and create business yeah. together for the first time ever. Yes, it helps you. Yeah, for, and from that perspective as well, uh, you know, anyone who has an idea, I, I was recently, and actually this is a reality, by the way, uh, I I would definitely love to share that name, but I, it's just not coming, striking the mind, but I came across this guy who was building a robotic solution and the way the data is being collected and is being decentralized, uh, used and is not being controlled by a single authority, and it was incentivizing people to submit their data points. And at the same time, it was incentivizing or, uh, you know, charging uh, the users of their data points so that every owner knows that their data is being used by a certain company. And for using of that data, they are getting incentivized. And hence, they allow the ownership. And, you know, that also brings the healthcare infra into a, into a uh, into a real in the realms of using the data points for the right use and not uh, for uh, you know buying and uh, hacking on those data points. Instead, using it and incentivizing the people who are submitting those data points to you uh, for for the using of research for developing uh, good health solutions or technologies that can actually cure a disease. So I think that way, definitely blockchain and crypto plays a very significant role in creating that economy of uh, um, bringing transparency uh, between uh, in these in these solutions in the robotic solutions Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you you might actually play a role in that in the future. Like I see these things racing ahead very quickly, and it just seems like crypto space is going to marry together with the new technology that starts happening in space. Um, I've I've been watching this all grow together, and and it could be just right on our doorfront now of something, some new um, frontier exp- um, exploration. And it could make it could make the crypto space just really, really busy, which is going to be fascinating. So again, help but remind people if they have ideas that you're the guy to go to, they need to check out your platform. And if they are curious, like you said, you went over a few things, it's easy to contact you. I seen there was one button press. Um, and is there anything else that you wanted to add to that? Um, uh, actually, no, we have covered most, uh, most part of it, but I would still like to, uh, you know, uh, quote, uh, something which, uh, the CEO of TD5, uh, says a lot. And I think, uh, you know, that, that, that has played a pivotal role for us to get the best, uh, startups. So a lot of times people do ask us, how do you get these startups? How do you source? How do you, you know, what is the right ingredient to have to be a part of your ecosystem? So he quotes it by saying, ideas lose, people don't. Uh, that's And that has actually become our philosophy when we uh, engage with our startups, right? We, we believe in a person, we trust and we bet on a person rather. And instead of an idea, we, we believe that an idea without a team is just nothing but a piece of paper. But any average idea with a solid team can actually make it into a amazing business that is that solves a real challenge and a real problem. And hence, um, that's, that's I think that way I, I would uh, answer to this question that people ask me about, you know, how do you source it? If you have the right team, if you have the right people, or if you are a person of commitment and uh, good uh, ethics, then TDFI definitely would like to take interest in your company and would like to understand more about what you want to work on. Perfect. And that is TDFI, T-D-E dot F-I. You can check out their website. And I'm sure if you are looking for Rishab, you'll get a hold of him as well. Um, you Do you have a Twitter or any other socials that you mind sharing for the listeners if they want to get a hold of you? Or do they just do go off your website? I have a, I have my, I am quite active on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on, not really active on uh, Twitter, but still I do check it every now and then uh, to 
um, you know, for for the updates on what's happening in crypto. So I can definitely they can definitely reach out to me on either of these channels. Um, and how do I share those links? You just tell me what they are. Uh, all right. Oh, you mean that? You mean the big the, the links? I post them in the post podcast. All the social links. Okay. Yeah. I just, if you had something, yeah, some people share their uh, Twitter, they have a Facebook pages and all kinds of stuff. There's lots of socials these days. Yes, I have, the Twitter says uh, rig1911, that's how uh, you can find me on Twitter. I mean, by simply typing my name and TD5, you'll see the LinkedIn and uh, Twitter accounts both. So uh, I think that would uh, definitely help you to find me. And uh, I'm generally uh, quite responsive on my messages uh, to whoever approaches me. So, but in case, uh, you know, you don't hear from me, uh, I'll definitely reply to you within a few days. Perfect. Once again, that's tdefi.fi. And thank you everybody for listening. You have a great evening. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. This has been a Crypto After Dark production.